0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. The Letters. Letter 1, To a Nun. June 1st, 1682. Reverend Mother, I have taken advantage of this opportunity to share with you the experience of one of our friars, concerning the admirable effects and continual help he receives from the practice of the presence of God. We can both benefit from it. You will see that his principal concern throughout the more than 40 years he has been in religious life has always been to be with God and to do, say, or think nothing that could displease him. He has no other interest than the pure love of God, who deserves infinitely more besides. He is now so accustomed to this divine presence that he receives constant help in every situation. His soul has been enjoying continual inner consolations for about 30 years. Sometimes they are so intense, he is forced to do childish things in order to control them and keep them from showing outwardly. This behavior makes him look more foolish than holy. If occasionally he becomes too forgetful of this divine presence, God makes himself known immediately in his soul to call him back to himself. This often happens when he is most engaged in his activities. He responds with complete fidelity to this inner call, either by lifting up his heart toward God, by gently and lovingly turning inward, or by a few words that love formulates during these encounters. For example, my God, I am all yours. Lord, fashion me according to your heart. It seems to him, in fact, that this God of love, satisfied with these few words, falls back to sleep and rests in the depths and center of his soul. These experiences make him so certain that God is always in the depths of his soul, that he has no doubts about it, no matter what he may do or what may happen. Judge for yourself, Reverend Mother. How great is the contentment and satisfaction he enjoys constantly perceiving so great a treasure within himself. He has no anxiety about finding nor any about seeking it. It is completely accessible, and he is free to make use of it as he pleases. He often complains of our blindness and cries out ceaselessly that we deserve sympathy for settling for so little. God, he says, has infinite treasures to give us, yet we are satisfied with a bit of perceptible devotion that passes in an instant. He complains that we are blind since we bind God's hands in this way and halt the abundant flow of his graces. Yet when God finds a soul penetrated by an intense faith, he pours out his graces in abundance. This torrent of his grace, impeded from running its ordinary course, expands impetuously and abundantly once it is found an outlet. Yes, sometimes we stop this torrent by our lack of appreciation for it. We must not stop it any longer, dear mother. We must turn inward Break through the dam. Let grace come forth and make up for lost time. We have so little time left to live. Death is at our heels. So be on guard. Death comes only once. Death is at our heels. So be on guard. Death comes only once. Once again. We must turn inward. Time is flying, and there is no escape. Everyone is accountable for himself. I believe you have taken appropriate measures so that there will be no surprises. I praise you for this, for this is our concern. Nevertheless, we must never stop working since in the spiritual life, not to advance is to go backwards. Those who are empowered by the breath of the Holy Spirit sail along even when asleep. If the ship of our soul is still beaten by the winds or the storm, we must wake the Lord who is resting there, and he will immediately calm the sea. I have taken the liberty, dear mother, to share these fine sentiments with you, so that you can compare them with your own. They will serve to rekindle and inflame yours, if unfortunately, contrary to God's will, for this would be a tragedy, they have become even slightly cold. Let us both recall the fervor we had when we began. Let us profit from the example and sentiment of this friar. Little known in the world, but known and caressed by God. I will ask this grace for you. Earnestly ask the same for him who is in our Lord, Reverend Mother, yours. From Paris, June 1st, 1682. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who is this brother Lawrence? Well, he was born in 1614 and he entered the life of a soldier when he grew up. And he lived that way and did other things until he was 26. When through various experiences and some kind of inward calling from God, he realized he had a vocation to be a discalced Carmelite friar. And he entered a Carmel in France and he lived the Carmelite life as this letter shows for over 40 years. 40 years when he wrote the letter but he would eventually live on for about another 10 years. So he lived the Carmelite life for 50 years. And after he died, people collected his writings into about six different sections, his spiritual maxims, his letters, and these were eventually published. But they were part of a larger controversy within the Catholic Church between two great Catholic bishops. They also got very popular with Protestants and therefore Catholics who were concerned about Protestantism began to distrust this book for a while. But over time, the book reemerged and has been accepted by many in the church as one of the great spiritual classics. And we're here in this year of St. Teresa of Avila's 400th anniversary of canonization. And so we want to read a Carmelite book in honor of St. Teresa. And this friar is part of her reform, as it were. He's one of her distant spiritual sons. But this book also should remind us in some ways of St. Philip Neri, Because like St. Philip, Brother Lawrence was forced sometimes to act what seemed foolish, strange, because of what was going on within his heart, in order to somehow avoid Something worse, appearing as a saint. Saint Philip would do things to distract himself, to make himself seem foolish to others. And Saint Philip wanted his spiritual children all to become saints, to but not to be canonized, to love to be unknown, amari nishiri. Well, Brother Lawrence is one of those holy men. For whom little is known. Who's never been canonized. And who is, as he said, even during his lifetime, little known in the world. So what was his consolation? That he was known and caressed by God. And this is what he has to teach us. The primacy of God. The primacy of keeping ourselves in the presence of God. And this book with its various sections, can be read in different ways. We're starting with the second section of his writings, the letters, because they give us a privileged access to the man himself. There is a long-ish biography that a disciple of his wrote that we could read, but it doesn't have the same pleasure that reading Brother Lawrence's own writings has. And these letters, 16 of them, are written when he's mature. They're written when he's really formulated what he understands to be the great spiritual secret to holiness, the practice of the presence of God. And as St. John Henry Newman liked to say, the letters of a man or a woman are the only true biography. Letters give us an insight into the person himself as a whole. They really reveal the person. And so these letters will be our introduction, not only to the spiritual teaching of Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection, but to the man himself. And notice finally, what he's encouraging us to practice the mindfulness, the awareness that God is with us. And he says he was practicing this for 40 years. But he says he only began to experience inner consolations for about 30 years. So for about 10 years of his life, he went through a great trial, a great darkness, And we want to take encouragement from this. He was practicing this for 10 years in a kind of darkness, in a kind of difficulty. And so we should not expect as we try to practice the presence of God more and more, as we try to live, accustom ourselves to keeping God before us, to remembering that he is everywhere, everywhere. That is as though we are like in a great sea and God is just surrounding us, the great mystery that surrounds us. Or that he is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit closer to ourselves than we are to ourselves in our souls, bringing forth the Son, the Father is, bringing forth the Holy Spirit. Or if we think of Jesus Christ looking down from us from heaven, or if we're before the Blessed Sacrament itself, where Christ Jesus is with his Father, or if we imagine him in the room with us, one of these methods that St. Francis de Sales taught us about the presence of God, this is the kind of thing Brother Lawrence is talking about. He wants us to use these things not only at the beginning of meditation, but throughout the day as a constant help in every situation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.